Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellas Podcast. My name is Carlos. I'm Ozzy Oz. In this episode, we will be doing some rapid reviews, we'll have a Rebels recap, and we are joined by Jason Inman from DCL Access to discuss the Arrowverse. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How are you doing? I'm doing... I'm tired. But you know what? It's a good day. It's a good yeah. day, man. Um, this is definitely a late night for us. We've got a lot of craziness going on with our guest coming up on the episode. Um, he will be after our rapid reviews segment. But it, it's definitely going to be worth it because I think that conversation is going to be great. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well... Let's um, just get into our rapid reviews because I do really want to get to our guest. Um, we, I saw The Bye Bye Man. You saw Sleepless. Um, these are definitely two January movies. So <laughs> we are just like, you know what? Let's power through these reviews and just do some rapid reviews here. And um, that's what we're going to do. So I will start with The Bye Bye Man. Um, January horror is infamous and it continues to be so but i will say this it was not as bad as i was expecting it was still like it's not good i'm not going to claim this is a good movie at all but i was expecting an absolute fart bomb and this was not that um i think it was just it was a little over ambitious i think that's one way to describe it (laughs) and um it didn't help that the acting was god awful. <laughs> um, I it's hard for me to kind of vocalize just how bad the acting is in this movie. It is oh, truly awful. Um, I'm not even going to read these people's names because they don't. I I don't want to. <laughs> um, it it really <laughs> is not good. Um, there are so many scenes where they're just trying to, like you can tell that they're trying so hard to act. And it just does not work, you know? It's almost like, oh, that's cute that you're trying, but it's not working. The The leads all really have no chemistry. I don't buy into the main relationship there. I don't buy into this friendship that's there with the other guy. Um, and then there's also this kind of bit of jealousy that they try to, that they try to, uh, try to throw in there. And that didn't work at all. It's just all... A lot of the interpersonal relationship stuff just did not work. And let me real quick explain what this movie is about. This movie is about, um, basically, if you hear or see this name, you are, it starts to get in your head and you can't think, you can't stop thinking about it. And you're supposed, even if you think about it or say it, then it'll come for you is what they say. And it's the bye-bye man, which, oh my gosh, let's talk about how dumb that title is. Um, it's so stupid. But anyway, um, ooh, this, I think that they had a couple interesting ideas here. And why I would say it's overambitious is because it's almost like they were really trying to make this a, hor- a new horror icon. And it's like, just make a good movie first and kind of focus in. I think that they needed to kind of um, restructure and refine what they were trying to do because they kind of 
the thing with the bye-bye man, the main villain of the movie, is that there was, like, a physical bye-bye man and this horrible CGI hound type thing that was with him. And it it was horrible. Like, and the hound is like a main part of the movie too. It's really bad. Are you serious? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But so the bye bye man is like this actual physical thing that like pops up and it'll like, he'll pop up at random times and scare you or whatever, make you jump at least. Um, And there were actually some good moments of tension, especially early on in the movie when you're like anticipating the bye bye man showing up because. It, this house that, of course, it's a really creepy house and really creepy old furniture, all this stuff. Um, and there are some good moments of tension there with, like, the physical aspect of it. But then they also try to add in this aspect of the bye-bye man getting into your head and making you see things and then making you do things that you don't mean and all these different things. And that just muddled it all, like... It, is it a physical being that comes after you, or is it kind of a mental thing where he gets in your head? It didn't really make any sense, and though they tried to marry those things, and they just did not mesh well together at all, really. Um, even though, towards the end, there were some of the mental things that I was like, oh, that's a really cool concept. But it just didn't, they didn't go well together. They were trying to do too much. They bit off more than they can chew, almost. Um it, it it was really kind of disappointing because, like I said, early on in the movie, there were some decent moments of tension. And it, it just gets all really muddled in there with all the different things that they were trying to do. Um, and then the finale was just... She, like, this is, this is no revolution in cinema or revolution in horror. It's It's a very basic movie. Basic horror. And I think it wanted to be more... And, I will even say, this might be a bit of a stretch for a lot of people, I will even say this had potential to be more, but they screwed it up. They really did. This is not a good movie at all, and I'm going to give this movie a 4 out of 10. Damn. I mean, it's not as bad as I was expecting it, so there's that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm not really saying much, but I mean, it's something. It's yeah. something. All right, um, so let's go to Sleepless, which is your movie that you saw. Um, tell us about it, Ozzy. Alright, well, uh, I took a friend to go see this movie with me. Because, you know, I, I wanted to also get her thoughts on it and everything. And, uh, so we saw this movie together. Mm-hmm. When I tell you that a lot of us in the theater were laughing, Carlos, a lot of us in, this, in the theater were laughing. Because this movie is ridiculously stupid. Um, let me start with the performances. Jamie Foxx. I could I could barely understand half of what he was saying. Um, he just had like this really low voice. Sometimes uh, he kind of sounded like Christian Bell's Batman. And he was just like, "Son, sometimes you just you just have to trust me." I'm just like, "What?" Yeah, so I really don't understand what Jimmy Fox was trying to do with his character there. Ti Ti needs to stick to rapping because it sounded like he was just rapping half of his lines. Um, <laughs> It was it was bad. Um, Octavius J. Johnson, who played Jamie Foxx's son, mm-hmm. God, I hated his performance. He was like, I mean, just the way he was talking to Jamie Foxx. Like, if if I was talking to my dad like that, you know what I'm saying? I would have gotten. Beat. If I was talking to my mom like that, I would have gotten beat. You know, so <laughs> some of the lines that he was saying, and just the fact that Jamie Foxx is just so nonchalant about, it, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and then. They answered a serious. They answered a question, right? So Jamie Foxx is fighting this dude. 
and Jamie Foxx is clearly losing. I'm just like, okay, all he's doing is like, come on, dad. I'm just like, why don't you help him? Like, you're of age. Help him out. <laughs> so then he tries to help, and as soon as he runs, the guy just kicks him and he falls in the floor. I'm like, no, I know why you don't help. I just, I know, I, I, I know why. Um, <laughs> this is bad. Um, let's start off, and let's continue on. Um, the amount of shots of the city were honestly annoying to me. It was just every time we needed to know that this was in Las Vegas. And I'm like, I know. I know it's in Las Vegas. I don't need a shot every friggin' 10 minutes that we're in Las Vegas. I know we're in Las Vegas. Um, God. And it's just... Some of the movies just didn't make any sense. You know, it, it was just really dumb with his character. It was... I'm trying to even remember some of the friggin' points right now where it was just mind-blowingly dumb. Oh, he... You know in the trailer, like, where he got stabbed? Mm-hmm. He was he didn't fix that wound throughout the whole entire movie. So my friend and I are just like, he should have bled out by now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. he's running and he's doing all this stuff and like for thirty minutes for like twenty minutes he'll be fine. And then he'll be like, Oh, oh I'm cut. Oh, I'm fine. And then I'm just like, What? <laughs> I don't know, man. This movie was just ridiculously dumb. It was the fight scenes weren't that good. You couldn't understand half of what people were saying. The people's motivations were sort of were just you didn't care for any of the movie really. Gabriel uh Union's character was kind of just there. It looked like she was having I don't know, she just really looked weird in one scene where she was driving. Mm-hmm. Her face didn't look really good. And I'm not saying that. It just it looked really bad like she was going for nervous, but it came off as something else. I'm just like, that looks really wrong. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, this this movie is just not a great action movie. It really isn't. And I was just wondering, how big is the casino? Because they were in there for more than half the movie. <laughs> there was like a club, a casino, a ki- there's like kitchens. I'm just like, how big is this Las Vegas casino? Um, I'm giving this movie a three. Don't waste your time. Oof. Don't do it. It's definitely yeah. not a sleepless movie, and again, it might make my top ten comedies of the year because it was hilarious to watch. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I think some of these movies might get pushed out this coming weekend by Return of Xander Cage. That movie looks hilarious, hilariously it looks hilariously bad. <laughs> I, I might get mad watching it, but I also might oh, laugh man. watching it. So right. there's also Resident Evil coming out. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's let's see where this all goes to. But yeah, <laughs> all right. So now we are going to throw it over to our discussion with Jason Inman on the Arrowverse. Now we are here about to talk some DC TV with a very special guest. We've been teasing this guest for a while, and now he is actually on, and he's going to be joining us for this conversation. We have Jason Inman from DC All Access. Jason, how are you doing? 
I am great. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited to channel the Speed Force and talk some DCTV. <laughs> yeah, awesome, it's going to be freaking awesome. Um, so we, I, I don't know, like, I guess I kind of want to, because everyone already knows um, Ozzy and I's thoughts. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows our thoughts on kind of the DCCW shows as a whole. So I guess what I want to get from you, first of all, is what are your thoughts on them as a whole and then these seasons in particular? Um, I'll say this. I think this is one of the strongest years, uh, for DC TV ever, I think, because I honestly don't dislike any of the shows at all. I, I think Flash is, is making some interesting choices right now. I yes. think Arrow is the best that's been since season two. Um, Legends... Uh, Legends is the show that gets a lot of crap from people, and I don't understand why, because as a longtime comic book fan, Legends is the one show that embraces the silliness of comic books and makes it work. Mm -hmm. And Supergirl is great because they finally figured out what that show is about, and that show being on the CW is so much better than it ever was on CBS. So to be honest with you, DC TV, and we're just talking, I'm just talking about the CW shows. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to mention like, Gotham or whatever. But I haven't those watched Gotham CW, since season one. Yeah. Oh, those four those four shows are just I think killer. Yeah. Um I was not the biggest fan. Ozzy and I were kind of skeptical of Supergirl last season. We didn't really love it on CBS, but I it definitely has been stronger this season and I completely agree with you on Legends, man. Um that one is probably the most fun I have when I'm watching these shows. It's just it's so it's so entertaining and energetic. Um and they kind of, because I think they took what make what made um, Captain Cold work on those shows, and they applied it to the entire show. Like they kind of towed that line between cheesy and just comic booky, you know. And I think it really man. works. Well, yeah, it's also too because if, especially if you watch Arrow, Arrow loves to do the thing where they're trying to create a comic book character into live action, and they're like, "Let's put him in leather. Let's put him in black." Mm -hmm. And you're like, "No, like." Half the point of this is seeing the costumes. Come on. And Legends, like, does not care. Legends is just like, you want a vixen? Here's a vixen. You want a Justice Society? Here's a Justice Society. Yeah. And, you're like, and some of those choices, you're like, look, the Citizen Steel costume doesn't quite work. You guys need to go back to the drafting board on that. Completely agree. But, but other stuff, like Obsidian, 100% works. And, I, and if you would have told me, like, five years that Obsidian would be in live-action TV, I'd have called you crazy. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Um, so let's kind of go through, um, some of these shows um, one by one here. Let's start with, I guess let's start with Arrow because I do completely agree with you. This is the best Arrow has been in a long time. Um, Ozzy is more the Arrow defender of the last two seasons. I did not like the last two seasons, um, at all really. Um, but I <laughs> recently, I think, when was that Ozzy? Like the last episode or two before yeah, we went on like, our break? I think it was, yeah, it was the I, one that before when I went over again. Yeah, I pronounced it alive again. I said, the show is back. And I, I was very, very happy with that. Um, but, yeah, so, Ozzy, what are your thoughts on uh, Arrow right now, this um, season so far? And do you think we're kind of moving in the right direction? Yeah, man, I do really like the season of Arrow so far. I do think that it's the better season of seasons three, four, and five. I'm mm -hmm. going to say five is the better one. Um, we're getting back to our roots, you yes. know, just being a straight up action show, which is, uh, which is a great step. You know, mm -hmm. I think 
I think the writers of Arrow and the directors of Arrow have really just sat down and said, okay, obviously what we're doing is not working. Let's just go back to basics. And that season finale, uh, the mid-season finale of Arrow just proves it. Okay, oh, so Like good. Prometheus, yeah, where Prometheus just tricks him. Spoiler warning for everybody. Just throw that out there. Okay, this is going to be a spoiler-filled <laughs> episode for yes, those of you who have not so. watched um, any of season five or any of Arrow. Um, but anyways, like, you know, just the fact that Prometheus uh, tricks Arrow, you know, that tricks yeah. Oliver, um, you know, it, it's something that I thought was pretty cool because Oliver is the guy that has a plan. Um, he, you, you see him always overcoming stuff and you don't ever see him really fall for a trap. Um, this time you do and you see him really vulnerable mm -hmm. and they made huge steps with when it comes to maturity on the show. Mm hmm. You know, you and I both thought seeing that season finale, mid-season finale, we're like, oh god, Felix is gonna be pissed at it, pissed at him. How long is this gonna last? And she wasn't. We're just like, what? Yes, I, that's the one thing that <laughs> surprised us so much like, was the fact that <laughs> Felicity handled it well. We're just like, you're okay with this? <laughs> I clapped. I clapped, man. <laughs> it's like Felicity, you're growing up. I'm proud of you. I'm giving you props. So it's arrows definitely going in a gr in a good direction right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess let's talk about the kind of elephant in the room is Laurel's return. Um, do we... I, I know there's been kind of a lot of rumors and leaked things. Did, have they officially confirmed that it's Siren, Black Siren? They have um, officially confirmed nothing. Okay. They haven't, but there's... I saw a trailer um, that... I, I went on CW and I saw a trailer, and I, I feel like I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because I'm just like... That's me, why I never watched the tra I never watched the next week episodes of trailers oh, really? of any of those shows because they spoil stuff. They do yeah, every they, time. They do, they, and they spoiled it here. And I'm not like and they did. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanna I just wanna like uh reach out to the internet because I predicted Black Siren. I did a YouTube video my on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Jawin, uh, and I predicted that it was Black Siren. And even though it hasn't been confirmed it looks like I'm going to be 100% right. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, in the trailer, she was all just like, she was all just like, it's about time someone figured it out. And then Oliver's just like, it's not our Laurel. So I'm just like, ah, uh, crap. <laughs> so like, we don't have, we don't have. And then they, and then you also see her doing the siren screen without the machine. Yeah. Without yeah. her device, which is something yeah. that Black Siren could do and Laurel couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, do you like that they brought back Laurel? Are you a Laurel fan, Jason? I am not a Laurel fan at all. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm still mad that the best Black Canary the show has ever had is now leading Legends because I agree. When we had the the Arrow hundredth episode this year, Sarah teaming back up with Oliver like gave me this sense of like, oh man, I really miss Sarah on the show, and I never realized it until she came back. Mm -hmm. um, I think she's doing an excellent job on Legends, but man, there there was something about. What they did in that second season between the two of them made me be like, yeah, that's my Black Canary and that's my Green Arrow. Yeah, they set it up so perfectly, you know what I'm saying? Because in, in, even in the comics, you know, they fight alongside each other and they know what they're doing. And they have such this great chemistry and dynamic together. And, you know, when they sort of took her away and they put Laurel in, in, the, black, in the Black Canary suit, um, everybody was pissed. And I was pissed off, too. I'm just like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. but just because it's uh laurel they had to yeah and so but i hope but i hope with this up uh, like but i hope though what what they do is 
I hope that they kind of make Siren sort of like a good part, like a like a good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's like a hundred percent. Like I, I could be far, we'll I could be far off. But I mean, I feel that I like think, if, yeah. I I, like, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I I think um, my prediction is is that she's part of the Legion of Doom. Ooh. That's yeah. it. That that's actually a pretty interesting theory because, and I wouldn't be surprised if it is. But I mean, if she's not, cool. I because I think I think that Earth Two Black Siren could actually end up being. I think that could be like their mistake for actually writing like Earth One Laurel into Black Canary. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And actually making uh, Black Siren actually like the actual Black Canary because she has a canary cry. She knows how to fight. You know. Yeah, but so at, I think that at, at what mistake. point do we say enough with trying to get Black Canary right? You know, they've tried this. Laurel was their second try, and I think they got it right with the first one with Sarah. I'm completely with you on Sarah. I she's she was one of my favorite characters on Arrow, and she's probably my favorite character in the entire universe. I love Sarah so much, and I think a lot of it um, with what you're saying with um, her and um, Arrow. I think a lot of it has to do with that Katie Lotz is really, really good. I really like her as an actress, and I think she kills it on those shows. Yeah, she's really good. And, Agreed. And, and I mean, what I think they need to do yeah. is... Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, man. You can go. You can go. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I, I was gonna say like, this quickly on the Katie Lotz thing, but she is unsurprisingly good. She's very surprisingly good because she was a stunt woman before she got that part. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, you're you're an amazing actor for. And I'm not saying that that stunt people out there are terrible actors, but <laughs> but um, it's it's refreshing when somebody that can do stunts and do fights because she does do all of her fights on Legends is that good of an actor on top of it. Yeah, yeah, she's she's amazing, and I think I think if they were gonna do the whole Laurel and thing, uh, the whole Laurel becoming Black Canary, then they just should have got it right. You know, they should have had her be in the boat. You know, there was no reason for them to have that like affair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Writing for writing purposes, I would have just had Sarah like, instead of saying Sarah Lance. You know, I would have had the actress Katie Cassidy pay play Sarah. Mm-hmm. She could have stayed behind, and she could have been upset that you know Oliver took her sister or whatever. But you know, it, it's just the writing of the show in the beginning. You know, yeah, which is why true. I feel like they kind of screwed it up. Yeah, they kind of like they... wrote themselves into a corner. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I I think it was a mistake because I th- I do think. Seeing them, seeing him in that se- in that mid season, uh, and seeing him in episode eight of Arrow, where they're all fighting like their 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 nemesis, I thought that was cool, and that was great teamwork. I love seeing that like uh, their original dynamic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, all right, well, let's kind of transition to um, Flash because I think that's the next. It's probably the most popular show on that network, to be honest. But um, it is the second longest running, so we will transition there. Um, I love the first season, um, a lot, as do most people, but I was not the biggest fan of the second season. I thought it finished better than it started, and this season, I'm not really all in on. Um, what about you, Jason? I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on Flash. You know, um, you said that you weren't a big fan of the second season, correct? Yeah, I, I think it started off, um not the best and it finished stronger than it started but still it's interesting because i have the exact uh feeling about that because i i think it started off really strong and then i think it like wow. I, I just didn't i wasn't a big fan of the hunter zolomon is zoom yeah thing. that's true and that it, it was fake j 
and then they just used too many time remnants like I crazy. I um, agree. It didn't make I, any sense. It didn't make any sense, and I don't think anybody can explain it to you. And I'm a super no. nerd, and I still can't explain it to you. <laughs> um, the, the problem for me is that I was not happy that they ended the season in Flashpoint because I thought they settled that emotional issue for Barry in season one mm-hmm. with the season one finale when he let his mom die. Yeah. So when he came back at the end of season two being like, I'm not over it. I was like, no, the, this is regressing your character growth. What I is agree. going on here? And, I, I agree with that statement. Yeah. And, and then and then when Flashpoint happened, I think I can speak for the majority of comic book fans when we all were like, you only did it for one episode. Oh, what is wrong so with annoying. you? Yeah, I think they should have committed to it and made it last the whole season. Mm-hmm. I don't like what they're doing now with uh, with the villains at all. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, it, it, it's it's and it's progressively getting worse with Barry. It's just like I saved the world and now I opened the breach and now like we have Earth Two villains and I'm like, okay, she made crap worse. And then now it's just like I went back in time and I created alternate like versions of people. I'm like. Again, so you screwed like crap up again, and it's just it's just ridiculous with this character, and and like it's just he saves the world but screws it up more, saves the world but screws it up more, and it's just the, the same thing with with mm-hmm. with the show, and that's what's bothering me overall. It's the same thing basically. Mm-hmm. It's just we're getting nowhere. He saves the world, and then it's just it's it's more crap because mm-hmm. he, well, the interesting he, the interesting thing about Flash will be is that once they get past the third season. Because I was very adamant in my thoughts that this villain, this season, excuse me, should not have had a speedster villain. And yeah. they went and then they revealed that it was Savitar, the god of speed. And once you do the god of speed, we've, we'll now have three seasons where how Barry defeated the villain was that he ran faster than him. <laughs> so what do you do for season four? If and he runs faster than the god of speed. Exactly. And I agree with that statement. Like, like how, like how many times... Are we gonna do the same thing? And it's just it's weird with with Savitar in, in general. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. interested to know more about him, but it's just it's weird. Um, you know, the interesting I, thing is I'm gonna say something that a lot of nerds are gonna hate me for because the show has so much love, and I love the Flash. But of the four CW TV shows this season or this year, I think it's the weakest. Uh, I agree completely. I agree completely because. Um, I like I said in the, like like I said about the season two finale. I just thought it was such a weak point in Barry to really do that. But then what they also made a mistake of, and I want to address this, is just the whole Cisco arc that they did. Oh, that was we, that was the Cisco, worst. <laughs> Cisco, Cisco, Cisco's a downer arc. Yeah, yeah. Cisco is arguably the most loved character on the Flash. Besides Barry, he's arguably like yes. the second or some people's favorite. And the fact that they made his character so serious, and the fact that they blamed Barry. Uh, the fact that he blamed Barry for so long, to me, that was ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, I don't agree with Barry. Like, it's just the, it's just even the argument. You know what I'm saying? It's not like Barry knew this was, was gonna, like he was gonna, this would backfire. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and thinking about it, they said it was okay to change the future, like the past, back in season one. Mm-hmm. So like, it just doesn't make any sense for him to be upset with him. You know what I'm saying? If that was the goal. And the, in the season finale of season one, and then he accomplished it in season two. Why are you pissed off about it? You know what I'm saying? This doesn't make yeah. any sense. I mean, um, I just, I really want to know whose idea it was. Who, like, who said? All right, let's take the most fun 
and funny and entertaining character on The Flash and make him sad and gloomy all the time. Like, whose idea was that? It, it really... I don't know. He was it's he was one life. of the negatives in this season. I know. And the thing is, I like what they did. I like what they're doing with Kate this season. Um, with uh, yeah, I like what they're, they're giving doing her more to her do. Yes, I agree. Yeah, they're giving her more to do because I feel like that was for us last season. She was like the negative, mm-hmm. and now she's the positive, and Cisco's the negative. Um, I think that yeah, I don't Kayla know. Man, has a lot to do this season, and it's and it's really uh get, given her a lot of juice to her character arc. Yes. It's really refreshing, too, because most of her yeah. character arcs in the past have all been, oh, my, the love of my life died, and I'm so sad. That's basically all her character has been the first two seasons, and I really appreciate that they're finally giving her something that doesn't revolve around a guy who died, you know, <laughs> um, or a guy who's evil in Jay, which I don't want to talk about Jay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... All right, so I guess we're not the biggest fans of this. Is that fair to say that we're all not the biggest fans of this season so far? I mean, it's okay, right? Yeah, yes. I Although I will give you guys um, some hope. I'm not certain when this episode is going to air, uh, but, I, but I have had the chance um, to catch a little bit, a couple of clips early of next week's episode, Ooh. and I really dug them. So I'm hoping that maybe flashes in the second half of the season is going to turn around. I hope so, man. I will say this. If they kill Iris, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed because they've been stressing their relationship for the longest. And now it's just like, oh, we're going to kill her off. I get ready. I I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be so pissed if they actually You know what? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to throw out another prediction for you just because when I was on the Collider recap shows all the time, like uh-huh. my big thing was I would always throw out predictions and and about 75% of the time I was right. And it's simply because I just look at the thing and I'm like, if I was writing it, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And Iris is going to die. That's my prediction. Wow. That but isn't, it's kind of depressing. If you go back to the comic books, Iris died in the comic books as well. Barry Allen married somebody else, and then he discovered Iris was alive. Now, if that doesn't sound like a plot line for season four, <laughs> then, then I don't know what is. But... Um, <laughs> In that comic book, Iris was Iris died, but somehow she got shunted to the future, and Barry discovered her discovered her uh, a ways down the road when he accidentally time traveled. Huh. So it would not surprise me if they kill her in the finale, and then somewhere next season we find her. Okay, that, that's that's interesting. I, I'm I'm definitely I'd, I'd be down for that. I think. Um, but all right. So you said you weren't the biggest fan of them kind of leaving us with Flashpoint. Um, at the end of last season, were you a fan with how they left us for the midseason with the Iris being killed reveal? Yeah, I actually was. Um, but I think the thing that really turned me around on that was they gave us a lot of details on Savitar. And that's what mm-hmm. turned me around on that, um, which is something that I felt that they didn't do with Zoom. Like it took us a long time to learn exactly what Zoom was. Yes. And. There's still probably a couple more twists and turns coming with Savitar, like knowing how the Flash operates. But we learned a lot about Savitar and a lot about Jay Garrick and a lot about Julian. So I felt that the midseason finale was a good setup. And that cliffhanger was a great setup as well because it sets up this really interesting thing that for the next 10 episodes, the Flash crew or Barry, at least, depending on whether he tells them or not, because he might keep it secret whether she dies or not. Yeah. Yeah. 
because only Jay Garrick knows at this point. Yeah. But it'd make an interesting arc for him if his whole arc is, I have to change the future somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I agree. I really did like the new... It, it was almost like they were like, all right, let's take the focus off of Flashpoint and all this craziness and let's refocus the season. And I really did like the direction that they chose. Um, so although I'm not the biggest fan of this season so far, I do like the step that they took at the end of the midseason. Um, Ozzy, what about you? Like I said, I mean, it was, I mean, it's, they have, they have guts. They have guts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They got Moxie, guys, uh, <laughs> to, to kill off, to kill off Iris. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to be, like, excited for it because this has been, like, should we take? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, three seasons, for, like, two and a half seasons. For, like, two full seasons now, and then they finally got it. Um, this season, so like now I'm just like, okay, we finally got it. God, uh, I mean, like I said, like I said, we lost Pam, we lost Pam, guys. Um, yeah. So, um, I think to, I just think it has to be worth it. If they're gonna kill her off, it has to be worth it to me. Like it has to be really good. Yeah. To be fair, Bob, again, who's sitting right next to me, <laughs> wrote down, <laughs> "If they kill Iris, he riots." <laughs> so, he, <laughs> Iris is one of his favorite characters, if not his favorite character overall. So, and I, and I think, and I think she's a really good character because she's really right now she's kind of she's kind of anchoring, you know, mm-hmm. Barry's emotional. Uh, like he's carrying, he's she's really anchoring that like that emotional spectrum that he has. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And I think that's good for Barry. You know, I, I don't like seeing like an overly emotional Barry Allen, and I mm-hmm. think she's really like toning that down. You know, um, I think she's sort of becoming a bit of his conscience, and that's great. I, I really like the dynamic that they really have at, at this season. If I'm gonna give this season the positive, it's definitely their dynamic. Yes, I do really like their relationship as, relationship as well. Yeah, so. because she's not just she's not just the damsel in distress. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she actually helps out, and I really like the yes. that she helps. That's the one yes. thing I really appreciate with what they've done with Iris is uh, it's not one of those characters where she's always involved, and you're like, how? Like, what is she really doing to help them? I do feel like she actually helps, <laughs> so that's good. Yes, yeah, I really, I really do like her character. Yeah. So, like I said, I mean, if she if she does die, I hope it's like for a good purpose and. If she does return, I want to. I want to see like an awesome story arc with her character personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, who knows? It's all up in there. All right, so let's move on to Legends of Tomorrow. Um, Jason and I both shared or both talked about our love for the show, or, or at least re- how we really like the show. Ozzy, what you mean about the you? Best show ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, what about you? Um, I thought the first season was kind of stupid how they try to explain everything. God. You That's get true. out of kind of like how you said it. <laughs> um, I just I couldn't I couldn't stand the first season even when they were just like we it control your moves. Even all of it. Yeah, yeah, they're just like we, we control your moves. I'm just like what? <laughs> um, but this season this season really knows what I think the show really stopped trying to explain everything and yes. really like knows what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, but. There's only one problem I have with the show. Only one problem. Okay. I forgot. I forgot what his name is, but I hate his costume. He's like the he's like the the historian, Citizen Steel. Yeah. Yep. I hate his costume. I agree. Nate. It's so I agree bad. with you. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I mentioned that too. Like it, it, they, it's it's just a bad design. It's just so weird. It's yeah. just, I wouldn't be able to take him seriously. Like if I stole <laughs> a starburst or something, he's like, drop it. I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still laughing. Yeah. I'd be like, you? 
<laughs> um, what Ozzy was referring to before is, well, during the first season, whenever somebody would ask me about the show, I would say, I would always describe it the same way. I'd say, it looks cool. Every episode looks cool and it's fun to watch, but I'm not sure if it makes any sense <laughs> because they, they would always, <laughs> things would happen and the rules of time would always be changing and they'd always be trying to explain how what just happened made sense. And I completely agree with Ozzy. They finally just accepted that it's ridiculous and <laughs> stopped trying to explain everything. And I love but you it. Know what I'll, you know what I would say to that is the fact that I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who, half the time, makes absolutely no <laughs> sense at all. And <laughs> you kind of have to accept that as Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, you literally cannot be like, well, wait a minute. What did the Doctor mean with that? Nope. Nope. Ignore it and go on. Mm-hmm. The story <laughs> said that it had to happen, so that's why it happened. <laughs> yeah. I just hope that they don't make – because they're bringing Rip Hunter back. And I, I don't mind that. You know, I, I kind of miss Rip. But, uh, I've I missed, missed it too, yeah. Uh, but I just hope it's not this whole explaining thing where it's just like we can't go back in time because of the, I'm like I don't <laughs> rip, simmer down, simmer down. We don't need to <laughs> Scottish there. I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm just gonna be like simmer down, simmer down. We don't need to hear this whole thing. <laughs> we don't need an explanation. I like to show how it is. Don't don't explain it to me because mm-hmm. I'm gonna get logic involved and then that's gonna be a whole issue. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. All right. So what do we think about the I, I was really interested with how the villain, how they're using all the kind of big villains from past seasons of other shows in this, and I think that's really smart. What did what do you think about that, Jason? Um, I like that, and the interesting thing about that is that I think it it's an interesting choice to do that with Legends, but also at the same time, Legends I feel is the only show that you could do this on and make it believable yes. simply because you can just say time travel and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's right, time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is interesting. Although the one problem I, I will say I do have with it is that um, Malcolm Merlin is kind of like you know how Batman is like the non-powered guy of the Justice League. Yeah. Well, Malcolm Merlin is like the non-powered guy of the Legion of Doom. And you're just like, I don't think these other guys would bring him along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's so true. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't I don't mind that. Like, I personally, I, I'm a Malcolm Merlin fan. I think he's awesome. I, but I just, I don't think his character fits that role. Just because in, in season, like... Since season three, he's been helping Team Arrow, and then mm-hmm. last season he just flipped sides because Oliver cut off his hand, and then he went back on Team Arrow. And I'm just like, can you pick a freaking side already? Like you're flip flopping, you're flip flopping a lot, and it's yeah. just I want them to find a place like, like is he is he good? Is he bad? Is he an anti? They're kind of leading toward like the anti-hero type side, you know. But I just want him like to stick to a side and kind of just yeah. like go from there. Because I think he is, I think he is an interesting character, and I do like him. Mm-hmm. But I just think they're flip flopping with him way too much. I agree. Um, all right, so Jason, you definitely have more comic book knowledge than Ozzy and I combined. So, sure. <laughs> um, you say so? I, I have two questions for you. Number one, okay, where do you think they're going with the Spear of Destiny thing? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I. I don't know because the Spear of Destiny has appeared in DC Comics in like five or six stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it's most famously – in my favorite story that involves the Spear of Destiny doesn't actually involve time travel at all. It's an issue of uh, John Ostrander's Spectre series, and it's where the Spectre is hunting down 
the Spear of Destiny because this collector is trying to get it, and the Spectre is trying to stop the collector because he knows the collector will do heinous things with it. And somehow during the course of the story, Superman becomes involved with this uh, collector and, and, and the Spectre and all this stuff like that. And Superman gets the Spear of Destiny. It turns him evil. And the hmm. Spectre has to fight Superman. Um, so I don't know where they're going with it. I actually kind of feel that the Spear of Destiny is probably going to be another time travel thing. Or I think they're probably going to say that, like, I kind of wonder if they're going to work a little bit of Zero Hour in there. Because Zero Hour is a storyline about how Hal Jordan was trying to remake all of existence. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wouldn't be surprised if Eobar Thawne is like, I want to get the Spear of Destiny because if I get the Spear of Destiny, I can basically blink the Flash out of existence. I can make reality do whatever I want. I also am pretty certain that Eobar Thawne is going to betray the Legion of Doom and just go for himself before the end of the yeah. season. Um, it's interesting because the first, when I first saw that they were going with the Spear of Destiny, the first thing that popped in my head was that image of Superman holding the Spear of Destiny. And I'm like, there's no way they do that. <laughs> yeah. But, that's the exact yeah. the issue I was talking about, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other question I have, and this has been something that I've brought up on this podcast a couple times and just privately with different people a couple times, is I really want them to introduce Booster Gold on this show. And do you think that they will? And when do you think that they will? Uh, I don't know. Because the one thing that I loved about season one of Legends of Tomorrow was that for the, about the first eight episodes, mm-hmm. every Easter egg and every clue pointed towards Booster Gold. Mm-hmm. And I was a little disappointed when the season finale happened and Our Man walked out of that ship because I was like, oh, Same. here's Booster Gold. This is Booster Gold. This is Booster Gold. And then it wasn't Booster Gold. And I think if you go back and watch that season, you can tell that they were – walking towards booster gold and then i think what happened is the movie deal happened with booster gold yeah and suddenly they were like oh we can't use booster gold i think we will see booster gold in legends the only problem is is that he may not be booster gold um i'm gonna just i'm gonna spoil something in the comic books it's not much of a spoiler but it may change your perception if you don't know if you don't know why booster gold is important to the show everybody out there booster gold is rip hunter's father Mm mm-hmm and if they introduce him into this series, it could change a lot of things about this show. If we see Booster Gold in this series, my prediction is, is we see him in the series finale of Legends of Tomorrow, and he's just called Michael Carter. He's not called Booster Gold. Hmm. And you and you would learn that Rip is like John Carter, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Like you'll learn his real name, but. I think that way they could they could have their cake and eat it too. Like they could still have Booster Gold, but then they wouldn't be like violating any like legality of a movie or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't. I I just really want Booster Gold so bad. So dude, me too. I love Booster Gold. Yeah. I have a Booster Gold jacket. <laughs> I want Booster Gold in the show, but I, I just I don't know. I it's weird. It's kind of yeah. like the same reason why I don't think we'll ever see Batman on Arrow. Yeah. I, I I've always had my fingers crossed for at least someone from the Bat family being on Arrow, and I still am holding out hope that someone. But I again, I it's hard. If, I think I think if we get anybody on Arrow, it's going to be Nightwing. 
That would be awesome. I've, I've wanted some version of Arrow for – or some version of Nightwing for a while on anything. Me too. But the problem with that is that I feel if whatever version of Nightwing we get, they'll never mention Batman. Yeah. It'll just be – Nightwing will just be like, I'm a guy and I'm from Bloodhaven and that's it. Yeah. You know. Well, that's we, ridiculous. We shall see. All right. Well, let's kind of move on and finish up with the newest entry to this universe here, Supergirl. Um, I've already said, Ozzy, and I weren't crazy about season one. It had its high moments, but it definitely had its low moments. But this season has definitely been an improvement. Um, I was a little surprised and disappointed that the the mid-season finale for the show was the crossover. Um, Jason, what did you think about that? And, um, what do you think about this season so far of Supergirl? Uh, well, I think this season of Supergirl is pretty spectacular, um, with the exceptions of Mon-El. Um, I'm not a huge fan of what they're doing with Mon-El, and the only reason I'm not a huge fan of Mon-El, and I'll, I'll, I'll 100% like call it my bias right now, is because I'm a huge Legion fan, mm-hmm. and I watch that Mon-El on the show, and it, it's my comic book brain being like, that's not my Mon-El, how dare you? <laughs> um, so it's that's a bias of mine. So I understand that you got to do something with the characters differently. Um yeah, I understand that the finale was the crossover, and that's a little weird, but Supergirl really wasn't a – the Supergirl episode itself wasn't really a part of that finale. It so that yeah. doesn't bo- – yeah, it was the last episode, last scene, so it didn't really bother me that much. The coolest thing about this season of Supergirl is that you can see that they're leading somewhere, which is something I felt was that was really missing last season. Mm-hmm. This season, I think, is pointing us 100% towards the Legion of Superheroes. Yes, Definitely. I am definitely looking forward to that. Um, and I I agree that that's definitely um, a positive is that it feels like we're going somewhere because I, mm-hmm. I definitely agree with last season. It just kind of meandered along and there wasn't much overall plot to it because I don't know if they were very confident that they were going to have a season two. So I didn't know what they were going to – like it's almost like they didn't know if You're they probably right about that. put yeah. too much into it. You know, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, do you like Miss Martian and that they introduced her? Yeah, I do. Um, I want them to do more with her a little bit. Like, yes. I kind of want her to actually join the team a little bit. I kind of want her to, like, hunt down aliens with them a little bit more instead of her just being the resident bartender. Mm-hmm. But I also realized that having two shape-shifting Martians on screen at the same time with the Flying Girl, with the Guardian, with mon makes this a very expensive show. That's so true. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, um, but That's I what do, he described it all. Yeah. I do really like the bar and the, the, the kind of alien bar where they can all just go and hang out. I think that's a really cool thing. It's almost like the, the hotel in John Wick. It's like, you know, somewhere that, oh. where all the cool people can go and hang out, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I'm I really so like that movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ozzy's a little more that excited than top, I am, but yeah, that, that was, that's in my top 10 most anticipated movies of, uh, 2017. Oh man, dude. Hopefully we get better crap than the Bye Bye Man, um, which we'll talk about that later <laughs> or earlier. I guess we talked about that earlier. But a little behind the scenes there. Anyway, um, Ozzy, what what are your thoughts on this season so far? Um, I think it started off really strong, introducing Superman into the into the TV yes. universe. A lot of people really really liked. Um, that actor's portrayal of Superman. I mean, it's to the Tyler point. Tyler Hecklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tyler Hecklin. Thank you. Um, 
it's to the point where they want Tyler Hecklin to have his own show. It's to that point of 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 uh, fan service that they have for his Superman. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, I really liked the episodes that that were there uh, with Metallica, um, Metallica, uh, Metallo. Sorry, um, <laughs> and, and I, I missed do... that Metallica episode of Supergirl. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, and I also liked how they introduced a Luther. It's not it's not Lex Luther, but uh, they do introduce a Luther into the into the show. Um, so I do like that, and I like that they're getting. Um, I just like the the whole story with uh, Martian Manhunter and Miss and Miss Martian. Mm-hmm. I do like that arc. I do think that's a very interesting arc. Excuse me. Um, other than that, I mean, I think it's I think it's doing better than the first season. My Definitely. only thing is, I don't like, and this is something that I I've it's it's sort of like and it's sort of it's sort of like this art overarching thing. Um, it's like, and I know people are gonna hate me for this, but it's just like. Daredevil did fantastic with with freaking Punisher. Let's try to do the same thing with two other shows, and they're doing it with Arrow, dealing it with Vigilante, and now they're doing and they did it with one episode with Guardian and some other villain. Um, so it's just like it's just a it's just like a thing that I'm seeing where I'm just like, okay, we get it. There's two sides of something. We don't need two other shows to do the same thing. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have made that comparison, but I think that's in, interesting perspective. Um, are you a fan, either one of you, are you, you guys a fan of Jimmy and being Guardian or whatever? No. Yeah, neither. No. <laughs> I thought it was, I think it comes out of nowhere because he's just like, all my friends are superheroes. I'm just like, no, they're not. Yeah, and I, I saw, I actually did see the preview for. That's the only preview I've seen, actually, um, for the upcoming episodes. And if you, I feel like it's going to be really focused on Jimmy, and I'm just like, why? Please, they're end so, it. They're trying to. I feel like they're really trying to force him on us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't like. He's an okay character. He's not a character that I that I love. And he's mm-hmm. he's at this point, he's his character is annoying me because he's always he's always either whining about something or he's being pushy about something. And it's, it's just annoying at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, uh, Jason, in regard to your Monel comment, I don't have much knowledge on that character at all, really. Mm-hmm. So for me, I actually really like his character and I was happy when they introduced him That's because I, I, I think that he is a, I mean, I don't think this is all he is, but I think he is a good love interest for Kara. I really do. I wasn't a big fan of Jimmy, as you can tell. I'm just not. And um, when I think he's okay, but I don't think he works as a love interest for Kara. I think Monel works the best out of any of them, and I really do like their chemistry together. So I, I'm actually really liking the Monel stuff overall. Well, I think well, that. I think they need to do something more with his character, though. Okay. Because I think I think that they just have him just standing around more. You know what I'm saying? Not really having <laughs> him do a lot more. And I want him to do more. You know? Because you know, yeah. that episode where uh, there was like a huge monster in the city and Guardian ended up taking care of it and Monel couldn't. You know, I was just like, "What are you doing? <laughs> you're." you're you're basically Superman, except without the flight and the heat vision. But you have strength. You know what I'm saying? Like you can do something. Why aren't you? You're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my biggest, my biggest problem with with uh, Jimmy is the fact that I don't need 
every character on my superhero shows to be a superhero. Yes. They're they're there's a reason why Superman has one of the best supporting casts in comics. It's because the Daily Planet people can do just as much good with their articles and their exposés and their investigations as much as Superman can. That's the reason why he loves Lois Lane. It's an, it's inherent in that character. And that's the thing with Jimmy. Like, And that's something that that is the one weakness I find of the of the CW TV shows. Mm-hmm. Is this this fact that they do want to make every person on that show a superhero? Yeah. Um, like nobody can, you know, because it, like, there's a lot of rumors going around now. I've saw online where people are thinking that Felicity is going to be the next Black Canary, and I'm oh, like, no, I was, Felicity, no. I was Felicity just, just needs to be the Oracle. That's yeah, all she I was needs to literally, be. I was literally going to bring that up because there's there is they're saying that oh she's going to have like a really oh no dark path and it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna change her in ways that we haven't seen before and i'm i'm scared to see what ways uh, you guys are sending me to a bad place jeez <laughs> um, no <laughs> uh anyway let's move on i guess carlos don't uh, get scared bro we're, we're right yeah. there with you <laughs> Jeez. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, that is basically our discussion on the CD or CD, the CWDC shows. Um, that just threw me off. Anyway, uh, now we are going to do recommendations, and then we will throw it over to the Rebels recap. Um, Jason, you, uh, we we told you about recommendations, so hopefully you have something. But let's start with Ozzy, so he can kind of show you what what we do with the recommendations ozzy what what do you got ease me in (laughs) i just got done watching a dc movie because i needed to have faith i needed to reestablish my faith in dc i watched i would say a a modern classic and i watched the dark knight that movie is fantastic those of you who have not watched it what the hell are you doing with your lives (laughs) guys heath ledger as a joker is one of the one of the best roles I've ever like uh, that portrayal like his uh performance as that character is one of the best performances of all time I'm gonna say it um it it's so amazing and it, it it that performance I mean I even looked up facts about his performance he he made the design of his own of of his own Joker um he was so scary on set with that scene where he uh breaks into uh Bruce Wayne's place where they're having the where they're having the the party M- Michael Caine and Michael Caine got scared and forgot his line um <laughs> literally and that's a fact uh so it it's just it's just you know he had such uh he just had such a um, aura around him being that character you know what i'm saying and it um that that's that's just the best portrayal of Joker I've personally have ever seen on screen. Um, awesome. That movie is just so good, and it just shows that Warner Brothers can produce a good movie. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it gave it, it restored me. It, it honestly was it gave me hope for Dunkirk because Christopher Nolan knows what he's doing oh, when it comes definitely. to directing. Um, so I hope Warner Brothers you know, gets back on that. You know, we can have a dark movie, but we can still make it fun. And that's what Nolan did. The Dark Knight was, it was a dark movie, um, but it was still a very, it was still a fun movie. It was still an action 
compact movie, and it was still a gritty movie. So I really enjoy that movie, and it's one of my. It's honestly one of my favorites of all time. Definitely, cinematic masterpiece. All right, Jason, you got anything? Uh, can it be from any time? Oh yeah, does it matter? Yeah. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go with. I just finished Ash versus the Evil Dead season two. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed season one a lot. Uh, if you know the Evil Dead franchise, this is the this television series is the perfect Evil Dead four. Basically, you know, I, I think they mm-hmm. did a really good job. I, this is a show that, on all accounts, should not work, and it really, really does. It's funny. It has action in it. It's really great. The only downside to it is that the season finale for season two. I think is not as strong as the season finale for season one. And I don't even want to tell you what it is, but I will just say that they go back to the original cabin that starts off the whole evil dead franchise. And it involves time travel and it's not as strong, especially because I did some research on it and the original showrunner was let go during season two. And he said online what he would have done for the season two finale. And it's much better than what we actually (laughs) got. But over that, Bruce Campbell kills it. Lucy Lawless is in this thing. Ooh, I'm, I'm Again, <laughs> it is Yeah, it's it is thoroughly one of the most enjoyable shows I've seen in the last 3 years just because it's so it's like legends. It's so much fun and it has a lot of moments in it where you're like, "Well, wait, how did that happen?" Don't worry about it. Just move on. <laughs> um, it's such a funny show. It's such a smart show and they in season 2 they get this perfect amount of they figure out this way of how to do horror with comedy. And it really, really works for some reason. Again, if you are any fan of Army of Darkness or any of the Evil Dead movies and you have not watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, you are missing out on a true sequel. Because, again, it's the show that shouldn't work, but it does. Awesome. Uh, My brother actually was watching that um, a couple months ago, and I caught a few episodes here and there, and I was definitely – uh, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's for me. I don't know. I, I definitely have been looking to give it a shot for a while. I just haven't had the time. Um, all right. So my recommendation is going to be a movie that I just noticed is on Netflix, um, is The Impossible. This is a mm-hmm. movie that came out in 2013, I believe, early 2013, and it stars Ewan McGregor, Naomi Watts, and Tom Holland. I, 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 I remember going to see this movie in the theater and Ozzy, I went to go see this movie with our friend Terion, who mm-hmm. is, um, who has been on this podcast before. He, he judged me so hard because this movie made me cry. It was so good. It's actually directed by J.A. Bayona. I can't remember how to say his name, but he's, J.A. Bayona. Yeah. He's the one who, um, directed, uh, A Monster Calls, who were both big fan, or, which we're both big fans of. So I really did like this movie. It's about um, the tsunami in 2004 that hit in the Indian Ocean and uh, takes place in Thailand. It's um, this family's vacationing there and they all get separated because of the tsunami and they're trying to find their way back to each other in the chaos. And it's just really, it's a really powerful movie and it's um, very emotional as you could tell by uh, my story of when I saw it. Um, and Noon McGregor is great. Naomi Watts is amazing. I believe she got nominated for this movie. And Tom Holland, um, you can tell that that kid is talented even from that movie. I believe I started crying in a scene that he was in. So, um, he, he's really good as well. So if you want to, if you're curious about, um, 
your new Spider-Man's um, acting chops, definitely go check out The Impossible on Netflix. So nice. That's what I got. I'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out because J. A. Bayona did a really good job with the monster calls. Yes. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, I think I think he did a great job with the, in the monster calls. Definitely another recommendation I would go out there is to go see that movie. Oh, for real. Um, all right, so um, Jason will be leaving us now, and we'll be throwing it over to Jesse and I for the Rebels recap. So, um, Jason, where can people find you online, and what what are you, what are you up to these days? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at Jawin, uh, J-A-W-I-I-N, and on YouTube with the same spelling. And uh, DCL Access, of course, and uh, Geek History Lesson is our podcast on iTunes, which is uh, a lot of fun. But the main thing we're doing right now is I have kickstarted uh, my first comic book miniseries that I co-wrote uh, with a lovely Ash- Ashley Victoria Robinson. It's called Jupiter Jet, and it is about a 16-year-old with a jetpack who is steals from the rich and gives to the poor, and she fights men with ray guns, men with glowing eyes, and robots. And it's a lot of fun. It's an all-ages comic, and uh, we need your help to do it because if you want an independent comic book to look as good as a comic book from D.C., uh, you've got to hire artists that are good, and you've got to hire <laughs> letterers that are good. And, it, and, and that's why uh, we're making this independently, and we're asking for your help. Uh, but we got a lot of cool prizes. Um, there's an exclusive print from Wonder Woman artist Nicholas Scott on the Kickstarter. There's an exclusive print from Nightwing writer Tim Seeley. And then there's a lot of other cool rewards on there, including just rewards that give you the book. So if you want to support independent comic books and a girl with a jetpack sounds really cool for you to you, then I would go to jupiterjetcomic.com. And uh, thank you for anybody that goes over there and does that. Awesome. Awesome. That, that actually sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> so I, I'll definitely be looking forward to that. Um, and I will also say, uh, Geek History Lesson, I love the podcast. It's actually one of my favorites, so definitely check that out as well. Um, Thank you, man. Uh, Ozzy, you will be leaving us from here as well, so why don't you do your social media as well? All right, guys. You guys can find me on Instagram at Ozzy Cray, and then you guys can also find me on Twitter at CastroOzzy.com. Sorry, <laughs> Castro Ozzy. I'm sorry. Um, think about my email, which you guys can – if you guys have any questions on topics or discussions that we should have on the podcast – um, please feel free to email me at ozzy.castro at screenfellows.com. Awesome. And I will <laughs> also plug real quick before we um, send it over to the Rebels recap. Um, Bob, our head of marketing again, and a couple of other guys, including Miles, who is head of video production and just took um, a few random guys and our intern that they pulled off the street, but they are doing a Bachelor recap every week on the YouTube channel. So definitely check that out if you watch The Bachelor or you just want something funny to watch on YouTube because it is pretty freaking funny to hear them discuss The Bachelor for dudes talking Bachelor. It's uh, it's a great time. And I will also read this thing <laughs> um, that Bob handed me. Our team member, Eli, has applied to be on the next season of The Bachelor, so go ahead and help support the cause by using hashtag Eli on The Bachelor. Don't forget to watch our first recap episode on YouTube on the YouTube channel and subscribe. Also, in relation to our Bachelor coverage, we will be having Bachelor merchandise available at society6.com slash screenfellows very soon. <laughs> Had to get that out, of, out oh, there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding alright alright so now we will be sending it over to our Rebels recap on 
with Jesse and myself. Time for another Rebels recap. Uh, sorry we haven't had this in a couple weeks, but we kind of just got back to the, into the groove of things. Yeah. Uh, been out for Christmas and all that stuff, so now back together. Um, maybe at another time we'll be able to go back and do uh, Ghosts of Geonosis, but right now we're just going to focus on this week's episode, which was Warhead. So in this episode, uh, it opens up with a Star Destroyer shooting out some ex- what look like escape pods into space, but then it crashes and we see this droid come out and start heading towards uh, the base, the rebel base. Um, so pretty much the, all the rebels are off on a mission except for Zeb, Chopper, and this other droid that I don't remember mm-hmm. the designation of. Did they ever specifically say what that mission was that the others were going on? Uh, they did not. Uh Oh yeah, it's Zeb, Chopper, and AP Five, mm-hmm. along with a little, a few no-name rebels. But anyway, so Zeb's in charge of watching the base, and they go get this droid and bring it back because mm-hmm. it, and they're trying to fix it because it's not working right. Yeah. Do you think the mission that they went on was anything of importance, or was it just to separate them so that we could have a kind of Zeb focus episode? I hope it was something important that we might cover at another time, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Probably just a plot device to get yeah, Zeb by himself. That's what I'm thinking too. Okay, have we been introduced? I can't remember, but have we been introduced to AP5 before? Briefly, not very much. He's always been kind of a background character. This yeah. is the first time he's actually been a. Uh, okay, so what focused. did you think of him? Uh, I thought he was a knockoff of the robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that was voiced okay. by Alan Rickman. <laughs> who's always depressed and wants things his way. Okay. But I did enjoy him. Yeah. He was just a little, like, you know, most of the Rebels are always all, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. And he's just kind of droning on, Mm -hmm. like, uh, just let me go back to work. See, what I kind of thought of when I saw it was, I was like, that seems like it's a ripoff of K2SO, or they're trying to at least kind of uh, capitalize on that popularity a little bit. Yeah, I can definitely see that too. But um, I mean, I didn't hate him in and of itself. But yeah, they, they're ca- they're capitalizing off some sort of yes. reference here, whether it's the Hitchhiker's Guide robot yeah. or K two. But anyway, um, they shortly figure out that this is actually an infiltrator droid with the help of Fulcrum, who is Agent Callus, mm-hmm. um, and uh, once the word rebels is mentioned he goes into this crazy destroyer mode that they have to fight yep Uh, man uh i thought his actual like his destroyer mode was actually pretty cool i I know that was that was really cool that's the first time we've actually seen like a droid transform Uh and we don't get to see really agile droids like that yeah and there were a few in the clone wars series and a few in legends Mm -hmm. but most of the time droids are i think they usually specifically make droids to be kind of slow and lumbering so that they don't overpower their makers too much. True, true. Uh, yeah, I I really liked that. I liked the action and the kind of Zeb's plan, like, on the fly to kind of no, um, kind of defeat the, the yeah, droid. Yeah, just, that was, I'm going to grab him, and you're going to deactivate him. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> and they, I like how they acknowledge in the episode, like, 
what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are we going to do that? But it, it worked. Then they find out there's a bomb inside of it, have to reprogram him and send him back to where he came from. That was a really cool way of seeing a Star Destroyer go down, though. Yes. Yes, it was. Um, it was a really good moment, too, when like it get, when Agent Callus is like, tell me what just happened over there when they're watching the explosion. And then he turns away a little bit and you see his little slight smile. Okay, that kind. Of, not gonna lie, I liked that, but it did. When I thought about it, I was like, "That's kind of weird." Considering these are still like people that he works with, you know, yeah. that just went up in flames. Especially and died. like right now, I'm reading. Um, I'm reading Lost Stars by uh-huh. Claudia Gray. Finally, review coming soon. I'm not gonna give the date yet because school, but yeah. uh, soon, guys. It's gonna. It's so good. But seeing the reaction of like. Even those who don't like the any those Imperials that are turning against the Empire mm-hmm. within inside of the war, seeing their reaction and then comparing that to Callus's just then, it was kind of like mm. yeah, but that was still. the only thing that really I was like, uh, but I, I did really like I did appreciate his smile because it's just like it's satisfying knowing that he's on their side. Yeah, but I do think that his reaction should have been a little more complex. Yeah, yeah. he is he is such a good. Character yeah. though, I feel like it could it should have been kind of like a mixed bag reaction. Like, yeah, I would have liked to see him like, kind of like maybe do, give like a sad smile and mm-hmm. shake his head. Maybe. Yeah, but that's a little obvious on the bridge of a star destroyer. True, true. But I don't know. Anyway, then uh, that's most of the episode. Really, it was pretty simple. A lot mm-hmm. of action, which was fun. A little bit different, focusing on Zeb again. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the big payoff didn't come off until the end because this was just another standalone episode until the end mm-hmm. when we get to see Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And because of this infiltrator droid coming back, he doesn't know what planet it went to, but he knows what sector, and he's narrowed down where the base is. I think this is what's going to force the Rebels to move to their base on Dantooine. Okay, that's interesting. I, I actually like that theory. Um, I just, I don't know, because maybe it makes more sense for someone like you who knows more about Thrawn, but I'm getting kind of like, what? Is, where is his plan? Like, what's his plan? What is he thinking? Because... He wants to take out all the Rebels at once. I, I know, but, it, like, even... Okay, he, he realizes that... The rebels' base is on this one, like is in one of these ninety-six. Is that what it was? Systems or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like, isn't that just their base? It's not like the entire entire rebel alliance's base. It's just their base, but I think he was recognizing that Hera and their crew's actions—they're the fastest growing rebel sure. thing—and he's it's going to attract others to them, like Dodonna. And okay. The others. So I think he really, like, they've already hooked up with Saw Gerrera in mm-hmm. um, Ghosts of Geonosis. And that was, like, the first time we actually see two rebel cells working together. And they mentioned we're trying to, we need to build this into alliance in the episode. Yeah. Not this episode, but back in Geonosis. No, yeah. Just a slight mention, but it's still, it's something that's getting built. Okay. I, and I, but I am anxious to finally see Thrawn start to, like, go at it. Like, yeah, because... I'm, I'm getting impatient. Yeah, I don't know. My thing is just that we've seen him let them go a few times, and I, I feel like we need a bigger payoff than him just finding their cells base, you know? Yeah, yeah. and know. It, it's got to be because that's what he's working towards. He wants Dodonna. He wants um, Hera and their team. Um, he wants Saw. He wants them all. Yeah. And that's just what we're going to have to build up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope it does pay off. I'm just a little nervous, but... Oh, I didn't notice this until now. What? Uh, 
apparently um, Thrawn's flagship and canon is the Chimera, which is wonderful because that was his flagship back in uh, Legends. All right. But anyway, uh, moving on. Maybe I'll do a do a video once the season's over comparing. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'll uh, we'll talk about that later. When does um, the Thrawn book come out? April. Okay. So we're going to listen to it on our way to Star Wars Celebration. Oh, I think. Nice, nice. Uh, that's my plan, at least. Okay. If you guys can keep awake. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it on Star on the way to Star Wars Celebration. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll have we'll definitely have a long enough drive to be able to do that. Um, all right. Anything else on this episode? Or um, not really. I'm really eager to see it move forward. I'm also really eager for the next couple episodes. Next week is Trials of the Dark Saber, yes. where they're going to be training <laughs> Sabine. Then after that is the Legacy of Mandalore, which I think I said a while back towards the beginning of this ep- this season that I really think Sabine is going to become Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorians. And then um, after that is Through Imperial Eyes. That sounds like a good one too. Yes, it does. That actually sounds really interesting. But between Trials of the Darksaber and Legacy of Mandalore, we have almost a month gap. Ugh, so That um, sounds horrible. Don't get used to hearing uh, Rebel recaps for two months. <laughs> Apparently. Maybe, maybe in between we can do something else, but we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Either way, uh, thanks for joining us for this Rebels recap, and thank you for joining us for the entire episode of the Screenfellows podcast. Um, it was a blast. So definitely... Stay tuned for the next one. Make sure you subscribe to us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, uh, YouTube. We've got the Bachelor recaps there. Um, Bob is very excited about those, so make sure you check those out. Yeah, those should take off pretty well. Yeah, I think I think they very, will do very, very entertaining, well. even if you don't watch The Bachelor. Yes, uh, definitely. Um, so, Jesse, where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colonel Swink. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cheery456. And like I said, make sure you follow us all over um, social media for the Screenfellows team specifically. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as I said. And then also Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. So it's pretty hard to miss us. But anyway, um, thanks for joining us. This is Screenfellows. Screenfellows.